Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. I still jam out to that. I really do. And I've heard it over 300 times. But welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams, guys. I've got a amazing one today. I'm super excited about this one because I'm headed to a wholesaling conference soon. And right now in the world of wholesaling, I've got someone that's blowing up and had an amazing first year in wholesaling. And it's Mr. Rob Ortiz. He's a real estate wholesaler and partner in a bunch of multifamily deals, an expert in acquisitions and off-market deal finding, as well as in that first year, he did 490K in revenue and has developed an overseas acquisitions team. Rob, first off, happy birthday, brother. Oh, man, I appreciate you. Love the whole intro. Love everything, man. I appreciate you big time. Excited to be here with you. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, let's let's get right into it. I like to cut to the chase. An overseas acquisition team. Okay, right away, you know, I know the thoughts that are going through people's minds. What about the accents? What about building rapport? What about understanding market conditions? You know what I'm saying? How How are you doing this? Man, so I actually stumbled on doing that on accident. I had no intentions of like, hey, I'm about to go to the Philippines and start a whole team out there. Um, we had a couple of really good cold callers in the Philippines and their voices were amazing. That's the first thing that we look for when we bring, bring these guys on. And it's a requirement, you know, for them to have good voices. If there's not a good voice, unfortunately, we don't bring them on the team. And I was like, hey, you guys, are you guys, you know, interested in locking up deals and getting a percentage of those deals? And they're like, absolutely. Put them in front of a sales process, um, sat on Zoom with them a couple hours a day, taught them exactly from A to B uh, on how to get to an offer and then from an offer into a contract. And they took that whole process and started running with it. One of our VAs, uh, her name is Angelica. She's the lead one who's on the acquisition teams overseas. Her first month, she actually pulled in about 50000 in uh, assignments. What? <laughs> first month, man. And I okay, was so blown away because there was leads that we I had there that I couldn't close. Yeah. And she jumped on, had a conversation, made an offer. And the guy was like, yeah, let's sign a contract today. And I'm like, whoa, insane. I want to point out the first thing that you said that I like preach literally every episode on here is you took someone that had never been in the industry before, maybe never been in any type of real estate and put them in front of a sales process. So. You know, obviously I'm big on the sales program. I'm big on having SOPs throughout. So what does your sales process look like that you put them in front of and how has it evolved since they've joined the team? Yeah, of course. So the sales program that I, or sales process I personally use is from a wholesaler named Eric Klein. Um, okay. I went and jumped into his whole thing a couple of years back. I fell in love with, it was just the backbone of it, you know, the five steps. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to run with this thing. I'm not going to change it. I'm not going to tweak it at the time. And then as we started evolving, because we we just jumped back into flipping land again, um, mm -hmm. we just started tweaking it because I, I started coming up with this with this theory with them. I'm like, hey, listen, if you guys just don't overthink the process, just read exactly what is on this piece of paper, we're going to win. And, um, you know, ever since I tweaked and involved it and uh, the, the whole sales process, it's timeless, man. I put plenty of people in there. They've locked up deals. One of our uh, closers that we just brought on here in America, we have his first deal closing this coming week just because he sat, read the whole offer or read the whole process, went and got into an offer. And he, he got a contract. 
super simple, you, man. How are you deciding, or is it more like when the opportunity arises, you're hiring U.S. based people? Are you deciding? Yeah. Yeah. Now, now we really are. I mean, I like I like the uh, overseas guys. Um, I know it's a little controversial because you know, just like you mentioned earlier, like they don't really understand real estate here too much. They don't understand how it right. flows or goes. Um, but these guys are warriors and they don't care. You know, they're like Davids to a Goliath. Like you just tell them yeah. run and they're going. Um, and I'm starting to help them learn a little bit more now, a little more of transactions, a little more of how we assign these deals. Um, okay. but majority of the time they don't really care. You know, they just want to have, they just want to jump on the phones, make some offers and they pass me the deal. Once they pass me the deal, they never talk to that lead again. You know, to me, like, all right, I have VAs on my team. Right. The most I've had at one time is four. And uh, if, if if I were to choose like an integral role, like systems director, right, I'm probably going to choose a VA. And it's not necessarily, yes, you get a discount on labor. You know, let's, let's not pretend that doesn't happen. Right. You get that discount on labor, but it's more, dude, the tenacity, like you were talking about, the, the, the David going after Goliath, they appreciate the opportunity so much because you're giving them probably five and six X what they normally make. Right. And so they are on point. And, and here's my favorite thing, right? Yeah. They have the work ethic. They have the strong drive, but they, they have the willingness to learn and educate themselves. A lot of them are college grads. You know what I'm saying? A lot of them are college grads. You know what I mean, so they appreciate education. They value education. So you put a course in front of them or you put like a linda.com, you know, a software course, uh, a, a wholesaling course like like I'm sure Eric Klein's got some stuff that you were able to put in front of them. It's gonna be it's gonna be mad. They're they're going to adopt everything and they're gonna start executing it. And that's the whole thing too. They don't come with ego either. I mean that's a big one, right? If you can, everybody that you hire from here until the end of your business has no ego, you're gonna scale ten times as fast as most businesses because that's the thing that you, especially in sales, spend a lot of time. Uh, skirting around and navigating that ego that people have. Would you agree? Oh, 100%, man. I mean, um, and just to go off of what you said in the beginning, like um, that they're just warriors, like David going after mm -hmm. the Goliath. Uh, our, our acquisition teams overseas, like they will literally call leads all day long. They don't care. They don't care if, if, the, if they want $100,000 for their land and they know we can only offer 20. They're going to get mm -hmm. on there and confidently offer 20. My U.S. <laughs> guys – my U.S. guys start getting a little shaky. They're like, man, they yeah. said they want 100. Are you sure we can offer 20? And I'm like, dude, if you offer 20 and they reject you, at least you swung. My yeah. acquisitions guys, they get commission checks all the time. And they're and my U.S. guys are like, how come they're always closing deals? I'm like, they don't care. They don't care. They know the number we can feelings offer. About it. They have no feelings attached. And the best thing is, is a lot of them are so smart already. We have a closer on our team. They have a, a degree in psychology. I only have an AA. They have a whole psychology degree and they're like, mm -hmm. man, I love sales, you know? So, and we pay them really good. I mean, we give them our top closer overseas. They make 5% on the deal. I mean, that's more than a realtor wow. here. Yeah. You know, no, and that's... they're still getting an hourly pay. You know, they're, they're, they're getting pretty good. I put them in front of courses all the time. Um, BYM, we have them going on mm -hmm. through uh, other wholesalers courses, sales courses. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I want you to get sharp. You know, and then they also train other people who come in as well. So it's freaking fantastic, man. I love them overseas. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Well, and I also love that, like, you know, you're 
your you already have your built-in margins, right? You know what I'm saying? So you're still giving them those margins and dude, you're you're going to be the biggest game in town, well, in the country. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like yeah. think about it. Like the what you're paying out to them on those 5% deals and stuff like that. That's massive. That's massive. Okay, so what is that just your appointment setter script in general? What does that look like and then how do you transition them? Is it a, is it a warm transfer or how does that work? So they just submit the lead. We don't do any type of transfers. Um, okay. They submit the lead. So, but we have requirements. Now, most people, right. if you ask other wholesalers, they just want a hand that's raised with a phone number and a little bit about the property. We need phone number, email, exact reasoning, and they cannot send us that lead unless we have all of that information in place. Okay. Um, so we have a whole cold call script process that is the same exact way as our sales process, and it jumps right off of um the cold call process that way once we start the sales process it, it starts off where they ended on the cold call um and it makes it a very very warm entry so we teach our cold callers to edify us um so when they speak about us the closers because i still close deals myself i try yeah. not to but i love it because it's fun yeah. um we make sure that they edify us you know we're like hey listen we're going to connect you with this senior land buyer or this senior home buyer they're amazing the top one on the team they're going to make sure they get you the highest offer possible so now they're starting to get a little more excited uh, about getting these cash offers for their property. So there's a couple of things on it. Yeah, that's massive, man. Um, how old are you? 20. I just turned 28. <laughs> man, it's crazy. That's awesome, man. I love the love, love seeing you come into the group. So we're both in Apex together. And uh, I've been seeing this guy post the last couple of months. And I'm like, what is what does he really do? And you click on the profile and you say, okay, wholesaling. He's a he's another wholesaler. And then all of a sudden... <laughs> like just started blowing up with like, Hey, this is how I'm doing it. VA teams and everything. And I'm like, man, this guy's got something figured out. And then I met you recently at the entrepreneurs meetup and I'm like, damn, core values align too. It's all there. So I definitely had to get you on the show, man, and have you walk them through what you're doing over there. What did you do before this? So believe it or not, man, uh, it was a, it was a random little, uh, industry called e-commerce drop shipping. Okay. And, um, I was telling Mills this story at the entrepreneurs event, how I got into wholesaling was we ended up taking about an 80 to $90,000 loss on our e-commerce store. And mm -hmm. it was all on a 30 day Amex card. We had to come up with the cash in 30 days, man. Wow. And I was like, I, man, and I, I, at the time I was maybe 24, 25. So I had, I had no clue how to go make $80,000, $90,000 in one shot. Yeah. And we were hurting on it. And I ended up getting invited to go out to this e-commerce event, but it was, it was a whole sales pitch um for us younger guys and i was like man i'm gonna go full throttle at it and somebody was talking about wholesaling i'm like i think this is the way i'm gonna get out of this hole yeah. and paid the mentor learned and i jumped into wholesaling but everything i did before was e-commerce just drop shipping and then that's when i really found out about virtual assistants because uh there was this group in bangladesh that i just gave them access to my credit card gave them access to my e-commerce stores and they ran the whole thing for me all i did was collect a check every single month Dude, <laughs> and that's that a tough scary. business, man. Yeah, that's a scary ass business. I've I've heard ninety five percent bad things. The only good thing I heard from it was the the guys that have like local stores and they hold their own inventory. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Or you're working with a group that holds your inventory. You know, and so uh, that's that's the only good things I heard. Everything else is like scam, scam, scam over and over again. But so is door-to-door -door sales, right? As soon as a door-to-door salesperson shows up, <laughs> oh, it's a scam. It's like, talk about this is the most classic form of sales. Get out of here, anyway. Yeah, 
<laughs> no, it, it's interesting. I mean, I've never met somebody, and I've that was uh 2020. I was mm -hmm. doing that, so right around when the pandemic hit. Ever since then, first of all, I've seen that whole industry almost go away. You rarely see people sell drop shipping stores yeah. anymore. Yeah. On top of that, I've never seen anybody successfully run a store more than two years profitably mm -hmm. because you lose a lot of money on those stores, man. So good theory, good theory. In like in theory, it sounds sexy. Yeah. You don't hold any inventory. Yeah. You use yep. credit cards. You make your money. Uh, but yeah, that's what I did before. And before that, I was I just did regular sales. I was in Best Buy just doing sales. I was a vendor in Best Buy's. Um, mm -hmm. And they sent us home during COVID. And I was like, all right, I got to figure this whole thing out. And just took off from there, man. Yeah, that's crazy. Have you always, like, were, were you the kid, like, selling stuff in high school? Have you always been in sales? Man, always. I, I always figured stuff out. Like, and it, it's so funny because I always tell this story is when I was in high school, I always found people who were selling things. But they're like, do you know anybody who has money that wants to buy it? I'm like, I could figure it out. Like. Somebody would be selling a pair of beats for a hundred bucks. And I'd go to the next kid. like, man, I got a pair of beats for you. 125, bring them the beats. <laughs> I make the $25 and the kid yeah. gets a hundred. That's commission. I used to do that all the time. <laughs> yeah, man. And I'm like, man, it's the same thing with wholesale and just bigger numbers. And uh, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, I used to get in trouble all the time, all the time. And my mom would have to come to school, bail me out. And she's like, man, why, why do you keep doing this? I'm like, I don't know. It's just so fun. But yeah, I, I couldn't focus in school because I just wanted to figure out how to make money. You know, that was the biggest thing. Dude, that sounds like my son right now. That's him to a T. Like my youngest son, he's in sports. He's already fallen in love with girls. You know what I'm saying? He's only 10 years old. And then my, my oh, 12 year or he's about to turn 12. He uh dude, he's he's selling gum. He sell he was selling drawings when he was like six years old. <laughs> like, if, he, if he can sell it, he's on it. Like he he was like, Hey dad. What if I kept all my Halloween candy and you let me keep it? Because I usually throw it away like two days later. I throw away all the Halloween candy. <laughs> it's like, what if you let me keep it? And then in January, when nobody has any candy left after Christmas and everything, then I sell it. And I'm like, Ooh. kid, you got it already. You're already thinking supply and demand. You know what I mean? And uh, but I still threw it away because there's too much candy in the house. I can't handle all that sugar in the house. man. Uh, not only that, it's opportunity. He's already thinking from the yeah. from the consumer standpoint when nobody else has candy anymore. I could use this to go sell it while I'm in school. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. You keep sharpening that muscle, man. He's going to be a beast once he gets older. Oh, yeah. It's how it all oh, starts. Yeah. That's how it all starts. He has no. You know, I'm just trying to let him be a kid right now, but he has no idea what's in store for him in high school. Once they're in high school is when I'm going to let him loose. We're probably going to do a uh, trailer rental business. And then, uh, you know, I've got some other ideas in mind in terms of flipping stuff and doing the garage sales and everything. I feel like that's the perfect, like, all right, you're doing the acquisition sale and you're doing the uh, sale to the consumer as well. You know what I mean? So it's like the perfect yeah. training, I feel like. But anyways, all right, let's pivot back to the wholesaling. Before we got on the, uh, on the podcast here, you said that you're adding on VAs like crazy, right? And so... What happens a lot when we look at lead generation in general, even if it's not internal, it's like, can we handle the business that's going to come in as a result of that lead generation? Or can we even, do we even have enough leads to call when we scale these teams? So what was your pivot point? When, when did you decide like, Hey, I need to keep adding VAs because I, I have this blue ocean of leads to call. So, and that's a great question, man, because we had to kind of figure that wasn't something that we were planning to figure out. Yeah. Uh, so when we, so last year, so my first year in wholesaling, we were doing land. I, I did that with 
no intention either. Like I just found a piece of land. I'm like, man, we got this thing at a discount. I see other land going for 20, 30. I'm going to yeah. go flip it. Got in that for a little bit. Then I jumped into houses because it was sexier. I'm like, oh, I like getting houses at a discount. And a couple yeah. of months ago, one of my VAs brought me uh, a piece of land. And I'm like, oh, you know what? And we moved it so fast. We found the buyer. I think we moved it like in two or three weeks. And I'm like, mm -hmm. man, we have to get back into going into land. So what we ended up doing was we went and just ramped up our marketing, hired a couple of cold callers, and we just got flooded with leads. And I'm like, man, I need more acquisition people so we can start getting these leads going. And the best part about that whole process is we refined from the hello once we got the lead in all the way to the contract and we started shortening our phone calls to about 20 minutes and we'll, we'll have an off route the same day the lead comes in. And what ended up happening was we started going through leads so fast that now our other acquisitions, people are like, Hey, we got no more leads to call. And I'm like, man, here's a whole nother problem. We got to go through now. We made the <laughs> process better. We were yeah. getting a lot of leads in, but now because now they're coming in so fast and they're going out yeah. as fast, we need more leads. So now we're in the process of hiring all a whole nother set of cold callers. I actually have a interview with one here shortly, right after this call, um, nice. just to have them dialing all day and just bringing in more leads, man. Cause the, I, I had a call with one of my closers earlier today. He's like, man, I, I spoke to all of my leads. You know, I'm like, we, I was like, I just put like 10 in there for you, man. And he's like, yeah, well we ran through them. We made a couple of offers already. There's some that might turn out something that might not. Right. Um, but it's, it's becoming, those are the best issues to have, man. Trying to ramp up the lead gen and then ramping up the acquisitions part of it. So that's been having me busy the whole, the most this last month and a half, man. So let's, let's walk through your org chart a little bit here. Cause I've been, I've been talking to up and coming business owners about this. And this has been a big subject for me. It's like, all right, lay out your accountability chart and really understand, okay, you've replaced yourself as the lead generator. You've replaced yourself as the uh, person that does the acquisition. Um, I'm guessing you're still, you're still doing the sales in terms of offloading the properties. Yep. Okay. So it's the dispositions. Yep. Which, which I'm actually bringing on my girlfriend here soon for her to manage it, but yeah. Okay. So you've got, you're starting to put together your org chart a little bit. It sounds like, and you've got your, um, a, a wide base in terms of the lead generation and you got the acquisitions and now you're going to have, what did you say? Dispositions? Yeah. So, um, Yep. Disposition is once we sell off the property and then transactions in, in the middle between acquisitions and disposition. Okay. And so you're going to have keep, um, are you, are you starting to set up kind of the management for the overseas team? That's what I'm, I'm focusing on here in the next couple of months. Cause I'm starting to realize mm -hmm. I'm like, man, even though I love my overseas people, I don't want to be in charge of them anymore. Even though I used to love it. <laughs> it's a lot. Uh, I, I love them. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a lot, Where's man. Because have? Uh, so right now overseas, we have about eight, about to go on nine. Okay. okay. And you guys are just right. adding every week. We just let go. Yeah. So what we started doing, and I had this conversation with Adam when we were in, uh, I believe when we were in Texas, like, he's like, man, okay. if people are not hitting the numbers, they, they got to go. And I'm like, man, you're right. Cause I, I build, so when we hire them, they, these people have to have three things. They have to have a good voice, have to have mm -hmm. similar energy to me and they have to be coachable. That's the three things that we, we require. Yes. So I build a really good relationship with them. And then I'm like, man, you're not hitting your numbers. It's hard for me to let them go. So we just let go like three of them. Yeah. Right. So we just shrunk. But um, yeah, so we have eight and then um, and we have three U.S. people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The big thing is um, the scorecard. Right. And so I talk about this a lot. I know you've probably gotten to U.S. by now, especially if you're hanging out with Adam a lot. Um, and so the. The scorecard, you have to decide what are, what are those controllable actions that they have that they could be hitting every week. And, and obviously, phone calls is a big one. But then the conversion rates matter, too. 
And so you got to decide what your minimum standards are across the board. What does that scorecard scorecard look like? You know, obviously the first thing is calls out, you know, that's the controllable activity. They, there, there's no skill set to that. You know that, that if that's not happening, then you got a way bigger problem than their skill level. You know what I'm saying? They're not willing to put in the work, which is rare on the VA side. I, I agree with you there. But then it, then it's the conversion rate between the call and the lead, right? And so that's like that's like the three KPI scorecard. There ain't much to it, you know, but you can expand on that so much from there and start holding them accountable to those things as long as they know it. Hey, this is what we're holding you accountable to. This is the perfect formula. 100 calls a day, 10 conversations, two leads closed, whatever the case is, uh, whatever it ends up being. And then you hold them to that standard. They don't meet it one week, probation, second week, um, warning, and then third week, cut them loose. You know what I'm saying? You run yep. through this culture. Now, granted, that's why you need the management in place. You need somebody with their ear to the ground, understand what's going on in each of their lives so that when they do start, their numbers do start dropping, they know why. Oh, you know, baby mama drama, or they just <laughs> bought a new house and the, the the pipe busted, or, you know, what happens all the time is their internet goes out, right? <laughs> so yeah. they may oh, lose internet. Man. Oh, man, they may, they may lose internet for a whole ass day, you know, and that hurts their numbers, you know? And so... But yep. you, as the business owner, it's very hard for you to keep your ear to the ground in each eight people. That's a lot, you know what I'm saying? And so that's one of the things I push a lot is that scorecard, managing based on the data first and then the individual. Yeah, yeah, no, a thousand percent. And I, I want to go back to the org chart, man, because that, that's been a week. We started doing working on an org chart about, I want to say, end of December. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam had told me about it. Another wholesaler I know told me about it. He's like, man, you got to get, you got to get the org chart because I was hiring based off of, my emotional need right 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 like when i first started with vas in in 2020 i was i'm like man you have this skill set i want to hire you on this sounds awesome and yeah. then i started realizing you know i'm going in the wrong direction with a lot of stuff and then that really you know became clear in 2023 i was hiring because i wanted more leads i wasn't hiring because i wanted to get you know have more time to work on the rest of the business right and uh man we started putting this org chart together and i started seeing how much my name is all over this org chart i'm i'm you know, operations and transactions and dispositions and finance and still in sales. And I'm like, all right, some of this stuff got to go. Yeah. You know, that's, and, that, that's uh, the light bulb moment you look for as like a coach or a consultant. They're like, oh my God, my name's on here seven times. <laughs> it's <laughs> not good, you know, but you also take it with a grain of salt. You know what I mean? If you're doing, you're doing half a million, that's one thing. Now, if you're doing 1.5 and your name's still on there seven times, you, you don't exist outside of that job, you know, or that business. You don't exist. You're not going to be able to fly to DFW and go to an entrepreneur's event. You know, you don't have time to. So that's why you're, you're so far ahead right now. You're so far ahead at half a million. It's massive. Yeah. And then, you know what? My biggest, one of my biggest problem now is too, is that they get de- they get leads in and they get these deals and I haven't delegated locking up the deal to anybody just yet. I'm like, just get them to yeah. the contract point. I'm going to take over. And I'm just yeah. having to sign that contract one-on-one. So now like I'll be at entrepreneurs and they're like, Hey, we got to do, we got to lock it up. I got to take out like 15 minutes, pull out the MacBook, go write the contract up and then go get it signed out. And I'm like, man, this thing's always not that it takes five minutes to do it, but it's just when you do two or three of them at a time, you're like, man, all right, somebody else got to do this. But when you start yeah. seeing your name all over your business like that, you're like, all right, we got to really start changing stuff. Like um, mm-hmm. one of our biggest hires, in the last six months was a data manager. So one of the biggest parts about wholesaling is um, we don't, I mean, you can go run ads if you want to, but it's going to kind of right. be a little bit, you know, you're just casting a big net, 
you, you don't know what you're going to get in versus okay. us. What we do is we literally go into certain areas and we're pulling certain data to make sure we're hitting what we're looking for, for our builders. Cause we buy land to flip the builders. And yeah. I was doing a lot of that. I'm like, man, I'm doing all the market research. I'm going, pulling all the lists, getting them skip trace, getting them organized so we can start dialing. And I was literally taking up like a good portion of my week. And I'm like, I need a data manager. And uh, man, that's just the biggest game changer. You know, I shot, sat down, same thing, SOP'd it out, um, showed him exactly what to do. And now mm -hmm. every week I'm just like, hey, we're doing this. Hey, we're doing that. Hey, we're doing here. And they're delivering lists to us. Like by Friday, we'll have a whole new list for one of our new markets we're in. And um, we're just doing that throughout the whole org chart, man. Like same thing with my girlfriend. We're going to bring her on to be to uh, run dispositions to move some of our deals for us. And then one of the next moves is bringing it on uh, transactions. Because that's, that's a whole nother mess when you're back and forth with title companies, back and forth. Mm -hmm. uh, with realtors, buyers, sellers, and uh, I just kind of want to pull myself out of that portion. So, absolutely, you know, one of the you know, there's two hacks to this, right? Is to, one is to give each position a, a dollar per hour, right? Understanding, all right, lead generation that's a ten dollar per hour position. You know, acquisitions maybe that's a hundred dollar per hour position, right? And so, giving each position a dollar per hour lets you visually see, hey, I'm spending ten hours a week in that position. <laughs> And it's ten dollars <laughs> an hour. Wait a second, that's not right, you know. But yep. you're making so much in the like the locking up the deal position, whatever you know title you have for that. You're making so much there; it kind of quells that ten dollar an hour position. So you think you're good, you know what I mean? But then you realize, hey, if I spent thirty hours a week locking up deals and and no time on this position over here, I'd make so much more money. You know what I mean? As long as the scale was right. there from the bottom up. And so that's the, that's the the first hack there is. The second one is understanding, okay, I can't get rid of that $10 an hour position until I'm at a gross revenue amount so I can afford it. You know what I'm saying? And so a lot of times, but but especially early on in my business, very early on, it was, it was all about like do less, do less, do less, do less. Everything, every decision I made was do less. And when I finally did hit like 5 million, it was a net of 9% because I did not wow. pay attention to that on the way there. So I was not worried about my net, you know what I'm saying? And granted, that's why I was able to scale so fast at the same time. Like I could have made so much more money on the way instead of, yeah. you know what I mean? Two years later, I made 27, 28% and now we were on point, you know? Yeah, so. no, those are great hacks, man. Some of this stuff and, and I, I'm loving this episode so far because I wish, I wish three or four years ago, Rob can listen to this and be like, man, there's a yeah. lot of that got to change a lot faster. Yeah. I learned a lot of these things, man, just through either being around the right people like yeah. Adam, you, Apex, yeah. um, or just reading the right books, you know, mm -hmm. but you can only do so much stuff in so much time. So um, yeah, execution is all that matters. <laughs> you can grab all that knowledge, but if you don't execute it, it doesn't really matter. Or if you don't even like, it's not even in the same business sometimes, you know? Yeah, that's yeah, literally like um, I want to say, like, I think it was late. I want to say like I want like the first year in wholesaling I had no idea how I did anything. Like it was me and a VA. Like I'm like, "Hey, I don't know what we're doing with these leads, but figure this out." Right? <laughs> I just I literally threw them a list. I cold called for like a month. I got my first deal. I'm like, "I could yeah. do it. Anybody can do it. Let's make this happen." Gave it to a VA. I was paying them for like 2 months, never brought in a lead. And I'm like, I wonder why she's not bringing me in leads. Come to find out she wasn't even doing her own dials. And I'm like, whoa. And I was still co-calling myself trying to figure out more leads and get more yeah. deals. But I didn't understand lead flow. I didn't understand management, leadership, you know, operations, meeting schedules. 
And I'm like, how the heck did I get away with doing so much money without doing, you know, having any kind of structure, you know? And it's crazy to see what we're doing now. Was nice though. Yeah, <laughs> and that was, that was another issue because you you have this young guy who's like, man, we just made thirty thousand dollars. Like, it sounds good to go shopping today and take the day off. Yeah, you know, exactly. I never made thirty thousand dollars in one day, and um, yeah. it's crazy because now we have so much duplication in all our systems that we could just mm -hmm. lock up deals every day. You know. That's so that's working. the beauty of it. Yeah, man. So just and it's and the biggest thing, man, one thing I'll never trade is learning sales and learning sales teams because that is it's it's an army. It's an army who's gonna go to war with you. Heck yeah. Absolutely. So speaking of that, you guys are 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 playing with a new venture inside of generating these leads with in emails. How's that working out? Man, so it's going really good. So we actually um, so the first thing we do, because we believe we, we want to get engaged leads, it's good to get leads, but like, um, Hormozy says, you want to get engaged leads. And I'm like, mm -hmm. I sat and I thought about this one day. I'm like, how can we really engage our leads? Yeah. And I'm like, they have to have multiple touches, not phone call touches, harassing them. Hey, can we make you an offer? We just want to get seen. We want to get your interest. So what we started doing is we're like our main generators going to be cold calling. We want to get a verbal yes from these guys. Next mm -hmm. thing, what we do is we actually send out mailers. We send out a whole credibility packet on us, who we are, what we do, That's a couple dope. of deals that we flipped. Um, it's a whole thing, man. It's fantastic. And then once we do that, we make sure we also have their email. And then we started our emailing campaign. So every single day we're emailing them. It, it will be a video of me at a piece of land or a house. Um, it will just be on educating them about their own land. And we send those things out daily. And we got we really started doubling down on that in January. We already got one deal from that, so nice. we're looking forward to just keep scaling that thing up and um, let that be one of our our main lead generators. That's the beautiful thing about delegating too, is that now it frees you up to start testing out these new uh, avenues of lead generation or new new nurture avenues, whatever the case is, and you can start like we always talk about, right? Working on the business instead of in the business, creating more opportunity. Mm -hmm. 100%. I love it, man. All right. Last question. What does legacy mean to you? And what legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh, that's a deep question. Um, legacy to me, number one is values. Because if you're if you have low values, you're always going to have a low input and a low outlook of life. That's that's huge to me. Um, and if you if you have a low outlook of life, then you obviously have small thinking. So number one is values. Number two is going to be the, the wisdom and the education to get to where you wherever it is that you want to be. That's one of my first things I always think of. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go into land. What specifically do I want to do in land? Okay. Right. So that's the second thing is wisdom and education. Um, and third, third thing, it's funny because every time I read a very good book, I always add it to this list. I actually have like a legacy folder inside of my Evernote. Really? And a legacy folder, man. It's, it's that's deep. intentional. I, just, I like it. That's intentional. Yeah. And I always tell my parents, right? I, I love that my parents are still here. And I always tell them, like, man, document as much as you can before you leave because you're going you're gonna to have grandkids one day for me. And, you know, not only that, you want to leave something behind. And my dad's, I don't believe in all that. I'm like, all right. And now his, unfortunately, his father just passed. So he's like, I got nothing. Okay. And I'm like, you, you see what I'm talking about? So I have a legacy yeah. folder inside of my, uh, inside of my Evernote. Anything that's, you know, super intentional that i'm like man this is a good thing to do for example how to build teams or how to find vas or other work i go yeah. put that in there a book of uh, a list of books that changed my life i put that in there right because now somebody in the future can go open this up and be like man if i read this 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 and this if i follow this and i do this 
yeah. I'm going to be able to get some sort of good result because it's an it's an instruction manual at the end of the day. You know, yeah, so that's cool. legacy as well is leaving that education behind. And then um, my last thing is giving, man. You have to give in all in all areas, not because of Apex. It's something I've always done, whether it's it's yeah. a helping hand, it's a helping thought, or it's a you know helping finance giving money away you want to be able to give to other people because that's what i feel like we build all this for is to give it away to the world so that's one of my biggest things man is is um just following those four things yeah and i think uh this podcast is an example of that you know you're dropping knowledge for all these listeners and i know because of the event i'm going to here in a couple weeks now that we're gonna have a lot of people listening to this episode that do wholesaling so i'm going to speak at kai logue's event the wholesaling syndicate so I, I can point into this episode. We're probably gonna put wholesaling somewhere in the title. So they know it's there, but no, I appreciate you coming on, dropping all this knowledge. And then I love your first answer in that, which is values. Um, you know, I have a presentation I do on uh, building an intentional legacy and there's nothing more intentional than literally building a folder with all the pieces of these things that are important to you. And then, you know, digitally who knows what's going to happen, but at least you're doing something and and it is digital. It's evergreen in 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 Evernote that you can pass on to someone else. You know what I'm saying? That's massive. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I look back because I always try to put myself in my shoes. I was just talking to somebody uh, mm-hmm. at my birth because I, I had like a surprise birthday party and people are like, "How are you flipping land? How are you doing all this stuff?" Because they see everything yeah. I do on Facebook and yeah. they come ask me in person. I'm like, "Man, I don't want to talk about all this today. It's my birthday, but we'll talk about yeah, it." I want to chill. <laughs> but I tell them, I'm like, man, I operate off of, you know, Rob at 15. Like, yeah. I wish I had, you know, this information at 15. I'll go document it. And I, I give it away, mm-hmm. too. You know, I, don't, yeah. I, have, I have no care. I give it away. I'm like, man, if you want my, my list of books or you want, you know, yeah. my list of wisdom, go for it. Um, but, yeah, it's all about it's all about building it up for the next generation, man. 100%. And the, the money is cool, too. You know what I'm saying? If you want to leave money behind, obviously, everybody's going to love that. But what's money if you leave no instruction with it? Yeah no impact behind it, you know, yeah. on how to earn more. Right now. That's amazing, brother. I appreciate you so much for coming on the show. Um, as always, it's been an honor and a pleasure, man. Thousand percent. Whatever I could do for you, man, whatever resources I could share with you or, uh, help you out, man. I'm always, I'm always a helping hand over here. Likewise, brother. Thank you. Of course.